Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Hey, I just wanted to do a little conversation with you, even though Sarah's down with COVID. I wanted to make sure that you were aware that we'd had this shooting here in the University of North Carolina, not too many hours away from me, uh, UNC campus. Uh, beautiful, gorgeous campus, but my gosh, what kind of a situation we've gotten ourselves into. That is what I wanted to address briefly today to just say, holy cow, we have turned every shooting incident in the United States into the most dramatic crazy active shooter mass shooting situation. And we've kind of done a disservice to ourselves because uh, between social media and the straight up news, we've created a situation where everybody thinks everybody is running around with a wild and crazy gun trying to kill everybody. And it's just not so. So what happened is a few days ago, honestly, like kind of the first week of school practically for this campus, this university, big university here in the States, the East Coast, there was an individual who came to the university and he was a graduate student. He came to the university, went right to the laboratory where he had a relationship with a lab instructor there, a professor who he knew, an associate dean. And whatever the circumstances were, which we'll find out more to come, he had a nine millimeter gun with him and killed this associate professor. And then news went out immediately that, you know, obviously a call was made to campus 911 or whatever, and we'll learn the details of it because we haven't really learned a lot from the local police, but we're going to be digging through and getting them. And the call went out. And so right away, Carolina has this alerting system called Alert Carolina. And so this notice went out that there was an armed and dangerous person on the campus and everybody should shelter in place. So that all sounds great, except for that. There was kind of a limited communication. So that occurred in the kind of one o'clock in the afternoon range. And then the shooter took off. So they didn't know where the shooter was. And he did kill this one associate professor. But then he takes off. And then right away, they know who it is. So clearly, the information that came in made it clear that they knew who the shooter was. And so the university releases the picture of the graduate student and says, we are looking for this person who we believe is armed and dangerous. They release the photograph, which is running all over the media, but there's no information released about what actually occurs and is occurring on campus. So thousands and thousands of students are locked down. Thousands of parents around the country are worried that their children are involved in some massive active shooter situation at this university in their first week of school. And then there's no information that's given out. So what happens is it turns out that there is another person taken into custody who police first have to snag this person and 
see if he looks like the person. He's got a gray shirt on. He's some sort of Asian descent, which the shooter is some sort of Asian descent. So no idea what the conflict was and no idea who we're looking for. And so the police respond. They find somebody an hour into it. They take this person into custody. Some news camera is reporting on it and they report that they believe that the subject is in custody. And so everybody starts to kind of calm down. Oh, great. They think they've got this guy in custody. And then like a short amount of time later, they release this guy and they say, oh, just kidding. And it's really the news that kind of said, hey, it looks like there's guys in custody. And it was a local news station that said that, but the national affiliate wouldn't release the information. They said, our local news station is reporting that they may have the subject in custody, but we haven't confirmed it. So we're not going to release that information. I just talked this morning to somebody on the campus television station, and she was saying how everybody was all relieved that they'd arrest this person. And then all of a sudden, police announced, no, that's not the person. And they're still out looking for this subject. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this. Tickets that not only look, but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. So another hour and a half goes by or so, and they find the subject eventually walking. He doesn't have his gun with him. They believe he shot with a nine millimeter, probably because of the casings they picked up at the scene. But they don't have the gun. This morning, yesterday morning, he was in court charged with first degree murder. Now, in some states, you know, they have the death penalty, but the district attorney who ran for election and won not too long ago, Uh, ran in part saying he would not support capital punishment. So this subject is not going to be risking capital punishment, meaning death penalty, but he will face first-degree murder charges there in North Carolina. But there's a lot of cleanup that has to be done, more to come in terms of, you know, what kind of notices were given to people on campus and to the parents in general on social media, on regular media. When was it given? 
what did the police know when kind of situation. That's inherent, right? Law enforcement, the university is going to do a, a report afterwards to determine what should we have done? What could we have done better? And that's important that they do that for every shooting. But right now, there are thousands of students on that campus who were there and didn't know what to do and didn't have any information. And they were speculating. There's video footage that's out on TikTok showing kids jumping out of classroom windows because they'd been locked down for an hour and they wanted to leave. Just things that weren't necessarily great to see in terms of, hey, run, hide, fight is there for a reason. Stay locked down until law enforcement tells you you're free to go. They put themselves in danger, you know. So the other thing that's kind of cool is the the campus newspaper had to publish the next day. And so they were planning on publishing anyway. So what they did is the editor of the paper said she made this decision. And I know if you're not Patreon, you're not going to see it, but she you probably saw it on social media, but she made this decision and I'm going to show it to the people who are watching me on video to use the entire front page of the paper to add the text messages of the students that were sent around. So kind of shows you how scared everybody was. So they're in declining font size, but it says, are you safe? Where are you? Are you alone? Guys, I'm so fucking scared. Hey, come on, sweetheart. I need to hear from you. Can you hear any gunshots? Please stay safe. Barricade the door if you think you can run and get to a place that can lock down. My teacher is acting like nothing is happening and I'm freaking out. So it's a fascinating front page of a paper, something I've never seen happen before. So there'll be more to come, but I wanted you to just mention this shooting that we had here in North Carolina and how it has added to the dialogue about how much do we tell people, when do we tell people, how long do we stay locked down, who is locked down. This was really, as it turned out, kind of a workplace violence situation, one guy angry at one guy, which is something that I had said on the news at the time, is that that's kind of what it seemed like, but then it still kept everybody locked down for a really long time. And was that the right thing to do? And if they hadn't done that, it's easy in hindsight to say they should have told us everything was all clear, but they didn't know where the shooter was, right? So it's important to think that you can't look in retrospect and say, oh, this is what the campus should have done or police should have done. I mean, I think what I saw them do was they executed fantastically just the way they should have. And the public needs to kind of catch up and understand that it takes time for police to know actually what's going on from a situational awareness standpoint. So there's going to be more to come as we find out more about who this guy is, why he did it, were there signs ahead of time, where did he get the weapon that he used, and then, you know, what kind of communication was made with the community at the time, both online and in person, and can they improve that over time? So more to come. Stand by. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out.
This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it because it will happen and it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. Through terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events, on our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.